When you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, when you're smiling, and the whole world smiles at you. And when you're laughing, oh, you're laughing, when the sun comes shining through. Yes. When you're crying, you bring on the rain. Bring on the rain. Stop your sign. Stop your sign. Won't you be happy again? When you're smiling, keep on smiling. And the world Let's go, Sam. All right. All right. All right. How are you feeling on this July 18th? It's July 18th, 2023, and we have wrangled ourselves some quality time together. We've got ourselves two hours to burn, and there's plenty to do. We've got a murder mystery roulette. Just a little bit of a teaser for what maybe we'll do a little bit more of with Shane Cashman on Friday. Um, I want to talk a little bit, of, just read some of the, the, the latest headlines about the Long Island serial killer. But then, of course, Tupac is in the... Uh, in the <laughs> Tupac showed up today, too. Just so strange how these things work. Um, and then, and then there's, in, there's indictments coming. They're trying to arrest Donald Trump again. I mean, he's been arrested uh, now more than uh, half the NFL. So it's just whatever. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna thumb through the headlines. I'm gonna open up the uh, the lines for some calls because the other thing I want to talk to you about is a little thing called sleep divorce. There's an article that I picked up last week. We just did a little bit of it. It's called sleep divorce. More than a third of Americans have a sleep divorce. That means that you're committed to somebody. You're a couple. You're a you're a married couple. Whatever the hell it is, you are committed to another person. But when it comes to nighttime, you got to be in different parts of the house because there's just no way that you can sleep with the other person's habits there. Whether it be snoring, I don't know, whatever. We're going to talk about that. And um, I, I think it'll be a nice night. It's very muggy, muggy and hot outside, and um, and we are just inching our way through this one. Tomorrow's going to be a great show. I've got Alaric the Barbarian coming on. He is a he is a must follow on Twitter, and he writes for the Dissident and just a, a great great guy to to follow if you love history, especially hidden history, hidden history, not even anything that's really occult. Um, in the esoteric sense, but but more so just how history is written by the victors, of course. What is the Dark Ages? What are the Dark Ages? What do we know about them and what is true? And, um, and were they really all that dark? So, and if they were, why were they? So I want to jump into that tomorrow. Uh, I think the Dark Ages might actually cross over a little bit to the Age of Exploration, which of course is... Um, is it used to be a very triumphant thing to talk about when you were in grade school years ago to talk about the age of exploration, how you know um, the the Eastern Hemisphere was out there looking for the West. Did they know it exists or not? I don't know. But now it's um, it's a lot less courageous, a, a lot less triumphant, a lot more barbaric, a lot more barbaric, and a lot more uh, I don't know genocidal. So. I hope that we get to do a lot of that tomorrow. But honestly, if this is the first, if this is merely the first of uh, of many appearances that we have from Alaric, then I'm going to be happy with that alone because that's just going to that's a deep well of 
subject matter that we can jump into. Speaking on that, too, on Thursday night, that'll be another deep, dark night when Reverend Bill Bean is in studio because he's touring the, the Northeast, so we got him to come in here. We're going to be talking about exorcism. Um, demonic possession, all that. I got a lot of questions for him. We'll see where it goes. And then I already told you we will be doing a little, a, a, a shorter call with Shane Cashman on Friday to talk about the serial killer in Long Island. Matt will be in studio. And then next week, some great stuff happening too. I just spoke with Ryan Gable again. And we're going to do a deep dive into, um, into Oppenheimer. He already did one. And I said, dude, you, and then he got in touch with me and, and we said, we have, we have to find you a date on the, on the calendar and we got to do one with Oppenheimer. And I asked him, have you looked into Twin Peaks at all? Because when we talk about, we talk about atomic bombs, we talk about this kind of technology and the, you know, the, the occultists that were behind all this stuff, the, the circles, the, you know. There's a lot, and he's going to get into it all. So do you, do you have to go check this? We're going to check it all out. I want to give everybody a little bit of time to go and see that movie if they were planning on doing it. I want to. I want to see Oppenheimer. I want to see Napoleon. I just saw the, I just saw the preview for Napoleon. I said, I don't know, man. I got to, I got to go. I got to go. And then, then I should ask Alaric what he thinks about Napoleon because I'm sure he's going to go there too. So... I think maybe the first week in August I'm going to bring Ryan Gable on and we will and we will do our thing and that'll be nice but we have a lot to do before then we're going to have a, a, an evening with a, a, a man from Freedom Law School to talk about the truth about the income tax that'll be on July 31st we've got a professional remote viewer who's got military experience and Lori Williams she'll be on July 27th Matt from Cultivate Elevate is going to be on with us on July 26th that'll be a, a whole electro culture night 1893 World's Fair it'll be it which is a nice preview for some of the things that we're going to be covering in the uh the August book club when we read The Devil in the White City so and somewhere along the line I'd like to do some Christmas in July I don't know where are we going to put it all August is looking ripe. Ripe. Not half-assing anything. We're whole-assing it this year. I never had. I don't. I don't. I don't think I half-ass anything anyway. But we're upping the ante. All right. So that's what we have coming up soon, and I hope you're all very excited for it. Thank you to my sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. Uh, I keep getting calls and emails from friends and people in the audience that continue to be just so overwhelmed by the the response and the receptiveness of Pat and Gina at Blue Monster Prep and everybody at least uh, a good amount of people that I have heard from are making sure that all of their needs are met from the water filtration to the the food go and check them out make sure that you are prepared it's insurance you can eat and sometimes breathe if you get some of their gas masks so that's that. All right, into the grab bag we go to warm up a little bit. Here we go. First one up is the vanishing whale's decline is worse than previously thought, feds say. Now, we were talking about the whales, dolphins, how migration patterns are all being uh, screwed up. Uh, some people want you to think that it is all climate change, whereas we know that wind power, that uh, that a lot of the the globalist technocratic lefts 
uh, solutions to so-called climate change are really the ones that are screwing things up. That and all of the the um, <clears throat> the geoengineering going on in the skies and elsewhere. But here we have more whale news. The North Atlantic right whale, their numbers are less than 350, and it's been declining in population for several years. The review of the status of a vanishing species of whale found at the animal's population found that the animal's population is in worse shape than previously thought. Federal ocean regulators said on Monday, the North Atlantic right whale numbers less than 350 and has been declining in population for several years. The federal government declared that the the whale's decline, an unusual mortality event, which means an unexpected and significant die-off in 2017. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration released new data that 114 of the whales have been documented as dead, seriously injured or sublethally injured or sick since the start of the mortality event. That is an increase of 16 whales since the previous estimated release earlier this year. Agency recently completed a review of the whales using photographs from researchers and surveys to create a new estimate, said Andrea Gomez, a spokesperson for the NOAA. Here's a quote. Additional cases will continue to be reviewed and animals will be added if appropriate as more information is obtained. 36 of the 114 whales included in the estimate had died, NOAA documents state. The agency cautioned that only about a third of right whale deaths are documented, so the total number of dead or injured could be much higher. They're found in the Atlantic coast, off the Atlantic coast of the U.S. They are vulnerable to collisions with large ships and entanglement with commercial fishing gear. The federal government has worked to craft to craft stricter rules to protect the whales from both threats. I was actually going over these with Aurora today because she's been getting more and more interested in whales. And uh, so um, I found some short videos and other things that showed all the different types of whales and their scale to human beings and however they how they look. So we're starting with belugas and these little bottlenose whales and then go right up past the rights and the humpbacks and the blues. And it's crazy that I see these. But who knows? If animals are putting energy into healing from a wound, they are not necessarily going to have those energy stores for other things. So I think it's just pains, paints a much more accurate picture of the threats that these whales are facing. So they're saying that they, they actually might have uh, more, more vulnerable to natural predators just because they're healing. I got to bring somebody on who can talk about the whales in an extra dimensional sense. Because I love the things that I've read about whales in the past, that they are pretty much the, the piano tuners of the earth. That the whale's song is actually something... Something that is not just a, uh, a long-range communication device between, you know, members of the same species and subspecies as well, but that there is a very special relationship that they have with the Earth, and that their song can actually tune, tune the Earth, and that the death of one means the death of the other. I don't even know who the hell to, to reach out to about something like that, but well, there you go. Uh, it's on the wish list. Here's another one for you. Wiz Khalifa throws out first pitch at the Pirates-Guardians game while shroomed out. 35-year-old rapper and Pittsburgh native promised to get stoned AF after he tweeted that it was crazy to throw the first pitch while shroomed out. Well, I don't know much about Wiz Khalifa, but what I do know is that he ain't no Doc Ellis, who actually was a Pittsburgh Pirate, 
who threw a no-hitter, I believe in 1969, 1970, around there, on acid. And I have, after I saw this, after I saw this, uh, this headline, I went and I found a really awesome four and a half minute, I think it's 420 actually. It might be 420. It's a four minute and change video about the Doc Ellis no hitter on acid. So we'll, we'll end the show with that tonight, but, um, doesn't, doesn't shock me that everybody's on drugs. Doesn't, I'm on drugs right now. You never know it. All right, here's the big news of the day. Although even this is getting mundane now. Donald Trump is set to be indicted. And it's all because of January 6th. Here is a release that he put out on his Truth Social. And it started getting around earlier on in the day. Statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States. Wow, on Sunday night while I was with my family, having just arrived from Turning Point event in Florida, where I won the straw poll against all other Republican candidates with an 85.7%, with all polls showing me leading in the Republican primary by very substantial numbers, almost everyone predicting that I will be the Republican nominee for president, and as I am leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot, horrifying news for our country was given to me by my attorneys. Deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, sent a letter, again, it was a Sunday night, stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and an indictment. So now Joe Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland, who I turned down for the United States Supreme Court in retrospect based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision, together with Joe Biden's uh, Department of Justice, have effectively issued a third indictment and arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent. It, 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 does, it, does, uh, it is worthy of mentioning that over and over again, because this is what he was impeached for, even though Joe Biden was not his number one political opponent. I think the most viable out of all those freaks was Bernie Sanders once again, who got shafted, but he doesn't care because he keeps getting new houses, who is largely dominating him in the race for the presidency. Nothing like this has ever happened in our country before or even close. They illegally spied on my campaign, attacked me with a totally fake dossier that was funded by Hillary Clinton. You know, all this stuff, the Mueller witch, uh, a witch hunt, no collusion, failed on Russia, the 51 intelligence agents fraud with the, the laptop. Yep, you see that. This witch hunt is all about election interference and a complete and total political weaponization of law enforcement. It is a very sad and dark period for our nation. Yes, well, if we had a nation, it would be a very sad, dark period. Um, and I'm sure for people who are just realizing in how bad a shape we are, then yes. It's good to frame it that way. Now, I don't know. I don't even know. You Maybe you have thoughts. That you're more than welcome to call in on this. Tell me what you think more than welcome to call in on this. I don't know what I can add to it because I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I know what CNN is adding to it. Alex Christie was putting this out. He's from Newsbusters. He put out this short media thread with all these clips from CNN today. He said CNN or TMZ well it's quick. TMZ of course CNN or TMZ Caitlin Palance informs us that Jack Smith was spotted today by CNN going to Subway for lunch. He's going to Subway sandwiches, picking up a sandwich, leaving and not saying a word. So they're they're tracking this Jack 
Smith loser. And everything he eats now is headline news. This is sick. You want to see how sick this is? Listen to a couple of short clips, then we're going to start the show. Uh, of course, on the special counsel's side, that's the Justice Department and its appointee, Jack Smith. Jack Smith is tight-lipped. He was spotted today by CNN going to Subway for lunch, picking up a sandwich, leaving, and not saying a word. Her mouth is watering as she's saying this. She's like, I'm going to Subway after this. Meatball. Meatballs. Parmesan. Parmesan. She's trying to get through this. Her, her, her brain is saying, Meatball. Parmesan. Meatball. Meatball. Parmesan. Note to self. Note to self. So no comment from the special counsel's office on whether they plan to indict Donald Trump and when that is potentially going to happen for the second time for a federal case. For the second time. I mean, it, it is so laughable. Here's another one Alex Christie got. John King, who looks like a uh, retarded Honus Wagner, who was a real mensch. Uh, John King marvels, says, Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald, to Donald Trump. Going to Subway today. So, you know, it's the, uh, it's the, it, this is just, this is what it is to be in the media. Which is why I'm glad I'm not in it. And just one last point. Jack Smith, remember when the classified documents target letter, when Trump announced that, there was a lot of commentary. It was Jack Smith making a mistake here. Is he leaving this all to Donald Trump? And then they released the indictment and we all said, wow. Wow. We read it. We saw the documentation. We saw the level of detail. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump tries to intimidate people. He tries to bully people. He tries to scare you away. That was Jack Smith. How many people are on There's seven people on this panel. There's seven people on this CNN panel to talk about, to talk about the cheapest sandwiches you could ever buy. I mean, I, I, I like uh, Subway. I haven't, I don't remember the last time I had one. I think the last time I went to get Subway was in 2020. Like right around the time everybody was like, oh, a virus is coming. So I better go get my last Subway sub before I don't want anybody touching my cheese. As if I wanted them to touch it before. I didn't care. I put it out of my mind and I ate the damn thing. All right. But this is seven, seven morons. They might as well have been Muppets. Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here. I'm not going to. Yeah, the imagery was uh, was intentional and spoke volumes. What? The imagery of him getting a sub? There would be no imagery if you weren't there with a camera, you fucking Harridan. What are you talking about? Dana Bash. The imagery was intentional and spoke volumes. How would you know if he if he got a five five dollar foot long? If you weren't there following him. The message that it was a message to Donald Trump. What did he get? Because if he got the vegetarian sandwich, then that was then what does that what does that say? What does the tuna fish say over like the Southwest? Okay, if he had steak and cheese with the, the chipotle sauce on it, is that a little bit more intimidating than the than what than the tuna? What well, what is the hierarchy of sandwich statements that can be made with this? You freaks! Look at that trending on the on Twitter right now. It says gay as hell. Exactly. And here's an, here's another one. Uh, Dana Bash claims that they clearly wanted us to see him. Turns out even Jack Smith can't resist a five dollar footlong. That's according. We know you can't. 
To what we see right there, new and exclusive CNN video of the special counsel at Subway. Declining, though, to respond to reporters' questions about today's big news, a target letter sent to the former president of the United States, CNN's Evan Perez, was there <laughs> trying to track down the special counsel. I won't ask you all of the uh, less important things about what he got and yeah. how he paid and all that. But but what is important is I can't. This is like uh, this, this is like in February. They're waiting to see if the the groundhog. The groundhog sees its shadow or something like that. The only reason why they ever knew that this guy was in, 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 uh, in Subway is because they're, they're, they're talking to each other. And it is TMZ. And this is the world. This is it. So I don't know if you guys have anything that you want to add to this or, or, or ask. I don't know what I could add to it, but I figure I'd throw it out there because this is the, the next iteration of the nonsense that we are going to be served up as we head deeper into this year and then into the big dance in 24. The big dance. All right. All right. We'll be right back. We have plenty to do, and I can't wait to do it with you. I, I think it's even a little more fundamental than the one that uh, uh, Stephen has just uh, put forward. I, I asked them, what do you think is the reason that America is such a free country? What is it in, in our Constitution that, that, that makes us what we are? And I guarantee you that the response I will get, and you will get this from almost any American, including the woman that he was talking to at the supermarket, the answer would be freedom of speech, freedom of the press, no unreasonable searches and seizures, no quartering of troops in hope, those marvelous provisions of the Bill of Rights. But then I tell them, if, if you think that a Bill of Rights is what sets us apart, you're crazy. Every banana republic in the world has a Bill of Rights. Every president for life has a Bill of Rights. <laughs> the Bill of Rights of the, of the former evil empire, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, was much better than ours. I mean it literally. It was much better. We guarantee freedom of speech and of the press. Big deal. They guaranteed freedom of the speech of the press, of street demonstrations and protests, and anyone who is, who is caught trying to suppress criticism of the government will be called to account. Whoa, that, that is wonderful stuff. Of course, just words on paper. What, what our framers would have called a parchment guarantee. And the reason is that the real constitution of the Soviet Union, you think of the word constitution, it doesn't mean a bill, it means structure. Say a person has a sound constitution, has a sound structure. The real constitution of the Soviet Union, which is what our framers debated that, that, that whole summer in Philadelphia in 1787. They didn't talk about the Bill of Rights. That was an afterthought, wasn't it? That constitution of the Soviet Union did not prevent the centralization of power in one person or in one party. And when that happens, the game is over. The Bill of Rights is just what our framers would call a parchment guarantee. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. 
That's why we're going back! Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Dimitri. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. That was the pre-show. I know. It seemed like that was the that wasn't the real show. No, it was just a fake show. We do the fake show to warm up, and then we do the real show. And this is what we have right now. Thank you so much for joining me on this July 18th. It's a Tuesday night. I, I last night's show was another uh, ring dinger. It was really great. It's never just about food. When Jay Gulanella was on, and um, and yes, terrific, terrific evening. Now for tonight, tonight I want to uh, implore you all, especially if you're watching on YouTube and on Rumble, please like like the show. It's like walking into a room, flipping on the lights, like walking into a chapel and lighting a candle. It costs nothing, and it does such amazing. And I also want to thank Grace really graceful now we've become friends i'm very grateful for her friendship and uh you know after we got off the air last week when she was on the show um she had asked if she can mirror uh some of our i told her you know you know, all, everything we did tonight i can i uh, you know we pretty much wrote that show together so it's both of our shows use it however you like she not only uploaded our show our interview together and our our uh, segment together on her channel she mirrored the entire show even the segments that she wasn't on which is um it's very been a very long time since i've got a i've got a a, a bit of press like that so i really am appreciative of that she did not have to do that and i'm a little embarrassed so i didn't even want to click on it to like it because i don't even want to look at myself so uh, thank you for <laughs> thank you for everybody who has found your way from there to here I promise to take good care of you, and um, and thanks again, Grace. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, so like the show because we are creeping closer and closer to a very elusive number of 100,000 subs. It's actually we're we're only like 1,300 away. It could it could happen by Christmas. It could, or we can stall out at 99,000 and stay there until 2028. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. I'm just happy you're here. And while we are here, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the shares and for the likes and for the super chats, which you can send to quitefranklysuperchat.com. That is a universal site set up for everybody, no matter where you're watching, so that we can get more of you involved in the show with your thoughts and your shout-outs and everything else, because we only have one, two phone lines, if you count the Gilded. And, um, and on that Gilded tonight, I have a couple of specialty lines. So we have the general waiting room on the Gilded chat. All the, li the links for the Gilded chat can be found on quitefrankly.tv or in the links below the episode description. There's the general waiting room. That's just for whatever we're talking about in the evening. There's the first-time caller line. There is the international calls line. 
There's also a serial killer talk line. If you have anything that you want to say specifically about any of the murder mystery stories that are up lately. And then finally, we have a sleep divorce line, which we're going to be talking about right now. Right now, I want to jump into it. And ladies and gentlemen, that is, here it is. The first one up is from CBS News. Throwing this out, more than a third of Americans have sleep divorce. They have a sleep divorce. Survey finds. More than a third of Americans say they occasionally or consistently sleep in another room from their partner, according to a survey from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. That's pretty significant. That is pretty significant right there. Uh, The practice of sleeping separately, known as sleep divorce, is meant to help you fall asleep and stay asleep without disruptions such as snoring, stolen covers, or early alarms. Oh, the early alarms. Well, Lauren always is up before I am, so my alarm doesn't bother her for, for the most part. But there are some days when the alarm is not the, it's not the sound that I set. And it's so abrasive, and it's so loud. And I'm like, where the hell is the... I can't find the control sometimes for the, uh, for the volume. Terrible. So I think I hate my alarm more than Lauren does. And then you have, uh, but snoring, stolen covers. It says, we know that poor sleep can worsen your mood, and those who are sleep-deprived are more likely to argue with their partners. There may be some resentment toward the person causing the sleep disruption, which can negatively impact relationships. Dr. Seema Kosla, a pulmonologist and spokesperson for the AASM, said in a news release on Monday, quote, getting a good night's sleep is important for both health and happiness, so it's no surprise that some couples choose to sleep apart for their overall well-being. The group survey of 2005 adults in the U.S. found that 43% of millennials engage in sleep divorce, followed by 33% of those in Generation X, 28% of those in Generation Z, and 22% of those in baby boomers. And, of course, the greatest generation was 95% sleep. <laughs> I make a, I'm joking, making the, um, making the, uh, the reference to the, the double twin beds. Whose grandparents, or if you're old enough, your parents, had the double twin beds? My mother's, my grandfather and grandmother on my mother's side, they had the double twin beds, and I never understood it. I said, what's, I, I didn't understand why it was like a barracks in their room, like what, what was going on there? And um, so I, I, knew, I knew that they didn't keep them apart from each other. Have to imagine they were a passionate couple. They made three children, but it was just so, and twin beds too. I mean, that's a... Even if I'm sleeping alone, I mean, you can't sleep with another person in a twin bed. I, I mean, when years ago, you do what you got to do, but it's never a good experience. Somebody's always up against the wall, falling off. It's terrible. I would, I, I would have a hard time sleeping in a twin bed by myself these, these days. So I get, that, was just a, that was just a thing. That was just a thing, the double twin bed for the older couples. But um, I want to ask you guys, I'm putting that out there. This is a call-in topic. I hope it's a rich one that you guys, can, you guys can jump on. What are your experiences with this? Because it's not just snoring. You know, is it, is it sleepwalking? Is it sleep humping? Uh, sleep slapping? Sleep punching? I'm not joking about that one. There is something, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes on in people's bedrooms. We've heard from other couples that sometimes, you know, somebody, an arm will just flail and somebody will get hit in the cheek. 
It's not me. I've never struck Lauren. I've never struck Lauren. So I, but I know it happens. So is there something that prevents you from sleeping in the same bed as the person you otherwise love unconditionally? Because unconditional love has nothing to do with the biological need to sleep soundly. Everybody needs that. So I want to know from you, and I have a sleep divorce line set up in the Gilded so I know exactly. These lines are very important because I, I can pull people in based on what I want to talk about the most. So I want to divide people up that way. You can also call in at 914-200-0269. That's 200 0269 depending on how you like to you like to think about it all right so that's all out of the way now i want to read this into into the record gilgo beach long island gilgo beach murders a demon that walks amongst us charged in long island serial killings architect rex human he's an architect 59 years old, pleaded not guilty Friday to first degree and second degree murder in the deaths of three women. Now, I remember, I didn't know that I'm not a big, me personally, I, I have friends and I have family. I have friends and I, ha, um, and I have family who are very, very into following along with these true crime situations. And after a while, I'll get the... I'll get the crash course and what's going on. I am not disinterested in them. I love all this kind of stuff. Uh, I, obviously, it's morbid, and that's pretty much what magnetizes people to it, the morbidity of it all. What makes the human mind tick? Uh, there's also the, the thrill of being in any way, shape, or form part of the analytical force that is trying to put all the pieces together, flesh out what's happened, what's true, what's not. And, um, and then also come up with alternative theories if something is just is not smelling right, which is what's going on right now. There's a lot of people wondering whether or not the, um, the police who were dragging their feet in this instance or in the, during this entire thing, were they, uh, I don't know, were they covering for something? Was there an organized murder ring that, was, that is uh, at play here? I don't know, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. And I, I do remember this going on starting sometime around... We were in the old studio. So it had to be around 2010, 2011. And I know that there was more than three, three people killed. So I don't know if that is just implied that this guy has more murders under his belt. Or is there something bigger at play? Is there just not enough evidence to link him to the other seven or eight? I, I have to get to the bottom of this. And we have a, we have a guest coming on Friday. Well, we'll also take your calls tonight on this because I know people in this audience are very into it and they can probably teach us all a, a, a thing or two as well. More than a decade after 11 bodies were found on Long Island and a year after he came onto an official's radar as a potential suspect, a New York architect was charged in the Gilgo Beach murders, a series of killings, mostly young women. Rex Heuerman is a demon that walks among us, a predator that ruined families. Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison said on Friday after the suspect pleaded not guilty to three first-degree murder charges. Hewerman, 59 years old, was arrested on Thursday evening at his Manhattan office and arraigned on Friday in the deaths of three women. He is also suspect in the disappearance and death of a fourth woman, officials say. 
See, that's why I was wondering about the 11 bodies that were found in Long Island. Well, that, there's seven more when you talk about the three and the potential fourth. The grisly discoveries were made after a sex worker went missing in 2010. And officials searched, uh, as officials searched for that woman, they discovered the remains of 11 other people. During a news conference Friday afternoon, Suffolk County District Attorney Raymond A. Tierney, who was joined by members of the victim's family, said solving the cases had been a priority for him and area law enforcement since he took office in January 2022. Now, you can say... Uh, there has to be some coordination if it is a group of killers because they're all. The hell's that? Was that Siri? What the hell are you talking? To? Don't talk to me when I'm talking about this shit. That freaked me out. There's another voice in the room all of a sudden. What did I say? Anyway, uh, is it a a group? Of, oh, it was it was serial. That's what it was. Is it a group of people? Because if if so, they're all using the same dumping grounds. So I, I guess there's, there's that going uh, against him right now. We were, playing, we were playing before a party of one because we, were, we knew the person responsible for these three murders would be looking for us. These murders would be looking at us, Tierney said. So we were very careful how we handled the investigation. We maintained the integrity of the investigation. Most importantly of all, we maintained the secrecy of the investigation. What? No leaks? Hewerman is charged with the slayings of Melissa Barth- uh, Bartholomew, 24, Megan Waterman, 22, Amber Lynn Costello, 27. The investigation onto the death of Maureen Brainard Barnes, 25, is ongoing, Tierney said. Hewerman is considered the prime suspect in her disappearance and death, and there is a substantial evidence of his involvement according to a bail application obtained by NBC News. See, now, this was, a, this was years ago, then this guy would be... If it is, in fact, him, he'd be facing um, the electric chair up in Sing Sing. But I don't know if they do that anymore. The remains of the women, known as the Gilgo Four, were discovered December of 2010 in Gilgo Beach on Long Island's South Shore. The victims had similarities. They were sex workers who were uh, petite, Tierney said. Tierney also said that the crime scenes also had commonalities, noting the victims were bound at the head, midsection, and legs by camouflage burlap. Hewerman contacted his victims during uh, using a burner phone, which he would discard shortly after they were killed. The burner phones were tracked to Massapequa, which placed the user of the phones in the area during the time of the slayings. Tierney said, "And that's not, uh, and that's not even the half of it. Of course, there's this other thing here that they say one of the the smoking guns was actually a smoking piece of pizza." Again, one of these this is from the New York Post. Rex Hewerman, architect and married data too, busted in Gilgo Beach serial killings, uh, killings after DNA found on a pizza box. A suspected serial killer has been arrested over the notorious Gilgo Beach murders on, on Long Island. The Post can confirm. Hewerman, 59, a married architect, that it's, listen to this part, listen to this, uh, this sentence. At a New York City firm was caught after DNA from the hair of a victim, Megan Waterman, matched that of his, taken by investigators from a discarded pizza crust in January. DNA from the hair of victim Megan Waterman matched that of his? What, what does that mean? Can somebody explain that to me? 
taken by investigators from a discarded pizza crust in January. That I don't I don't I don't understand that. Grammatically, I don't understand that. I don't know what they're trying to say. Maybe I'm just being slow right now. The father of two, a former classmate of Hollywood actor Billy Baldwin, yes, that's what we need, yeah, uh, whatever, was arrested Thursday after cops had staked out his home on First Avenue in Massapequa Park, Long Island, and office at 385 Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. So that's what's going on right now. And the last thing on that is this. Disgraced Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke is seen leaving his Long Island home for the first time since suspects arrest in Gilgo Beach murder case that he was accused of hampering. Burke appeared to have been laying low since being freed from a 46-month sentence for conspiring to obstruct justice and violating a victim's civil rights in a separate case that infamously exposed his misdeeds and corrupt conduct. The former career cop was released from prison to a halfway house in November 2018, but today, exclusive DailyMail.com photos show he was relocated to Smithtown on New York's Long Island, where he lives a quiet life in a modest three-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath home. So the disgraced cop who was dressed casually uh, was behind the wheel of his red Mercury. Okay, so they're pretty much telling you where he lives and what he drives. This is ridiculous. It means nothing. What the hell's going on here? He appeared to be setting off to run errands, clutching... Oh God, oh God, oh God, unbelievable. Let's see here. Um... Uh, Burke himself would become the focus of an FBI investigation stemming from an incident in 2012 when he attacked a thief, Christopher Loeb, after he broke into his squad car and stole a duffel bag containing porn and sex toys. Oh. Intent on protecting his career and reputation from the incriminating contents of the bag, Burke tracked down Loeb, a young heroin addict, took him to the back of the police station where he assaulted him. Now what's happening here? Then he orchestrated a failed cover-up when Loeb complained about the beating. So then what happened with this? Burke pleaded guilty in February, but the investigation into his crimes had also uncovered salacious details of the alleged secret taste for drugs. You know, it is impossible to read these, these uh, articles. It's imp- I, I didn't know. I was starting to read a little bit through it, and then I figured that all this was going to be pertinent information. I didn't know that I should have done highlighting because they just give us nonsense. Let's see here. Ray, let's see. Ray introduced a woman who claimed Burke had forced her to perform rough happenings on him in the same area where Gilbert went missing. So now they're talking about his his reasoning that he would be blocking investigations into all of these uh, these investigations, all of these serial killings that were out there in Long Island between this time, because perhaps he was a John for many of them. Because well, I don't know what, but there's a lot of theories popping up. It is only the beginning of this, it seems, and I cannot wait to get a fuller picture. But if you have anything on this, because it's not just this. There is, there's so many other things that are coming out on the other side of the, of the country, all over the place. There's another one. Where is it? Uh, another serial killer in Las Vegas, an entrepreneur arrested by FBI in Las Vegas for accused murder for, oh, that's a murder for hire scheme. There was another serial killer that was arrested uh, uh, about a day or two ago. 
As I said before, I think that there's serial killers all over the place. I really do. I think that we are in such a prime position to just pump them out and, and mass produce them. So I want to know about what you think. We're going to get into we're going to get into the um, the Tupac thing a little bit after the break. But I'm going to take a quick breather right here. When we come back, the last 15 minutes of this hour is all yours. 914-200-0269. We've got sleep divorce stories. We've got anything that you want to talk about with this, anything you wanted to, to talk about in the beginning. All the grab bag information, all of those topics, they're yours to pick from, and then some. We'll be back in just a moment. He uh, worked to incite an erection. There is no comparison to inciting an erection. Uh, into inciting an erection. They feel the president has incited an erection. For inciting the erection. Incited the erection. Someone who just incited an erection. Did incite an erection on the Capitol. For inciting that deadly erection. for a message board go to quite frankly.tv and enter the forum engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread get signed up it's that easy and it's not reddit so don't sweat it for the forum and then so much more it's quite frankly.tv yeehaw I really enjoy a good hooker, but I don't have the money. I'm really high on crack. I enjoy it. Lulls, right? I just did it for the lulls, which is the plural of LOL, laugh out loud. Look, I'm, I'm going to give you 100 rats. And you might say, well, that's preposterous because why not just leave? And the answer is something like, fuck you, just take the rats. I'll, I'll tell you about the dark side of rats. If you put two juvenile rats together, the bigger, stronger, meaner, dark tetrad rat would just destroy the smaller rat. But rats, they sort of bounce. And so do kids and so do sheep and and so the little rat being a bit of a genius stabs the big rat with a knife in a car and so after the blood and the gore and the and the pain and the fear and all of that it turned out the big rat faked the whole thing that wasn't big rat that was another rat where's the big rat we have no way of really knowing take the bus listen mr lady they could kill one another wouldn't that be nice yeah but we can't be involved with murder Mr. Lee, is this you talking or the liquor? Randy. I am the liquor. There you go. Call in. We've got a bunch of things. Also taking calls on the Gilded. So we got that going on. I want to know what the hell's up with you. In the meantime, there is 
There are even some people thinking that it's uh, that all of the this this latest on on Tupac now. I've got some deep lore for you on Tupac that I was going to do on a Sunday night, but um, or a Saturday night. But uh, why not tonight? Because I, I've been wait, sitting on it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and suddenly now they think that they have somebody who killed Tupac. Hey Albert, what's going on with you? You're in the sleep divorce line, so I can't wait to hear about this one. Hey. Hey, hey what's up? Wow, you sound like you're in a goldfish bowl. Oh yeah? Anyway. Okay. Um Yeah, dude. I've been Lisa and I've been sleep divorced for like a couple years. I didn't after you know, I didn't think it was a big deal. I never really thought about it or, or whatnot, but you know, Honestly, the way it occurs to me, I think it's more of a chick thing because it's like she says that, oh, dude, you snore so much and whatever. And then she'd be like kicking me in the middle of the night and you get pissed off. It's like you wake up and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, you won't quit snoring. I'm like, you snore too. You know, but 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 women always go, I don't snore. So you got to record them and then and then hear them. But. <laughs> and then of course they still deny it but whatever um so yeah when one one of my last sons moved out she just like redecorated the room and like put her bed in there and i mean it's it's all good and like you said you know you look at i remember look looking at uh i love lucy and things like that and going wtf you know yeah um, oh, I, I saw that firsthand. I, I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. But um, obviously, sleeping in a twin bed on the other side of a small bedroom is not going to save you from snoring, but it might save you from kicking. I, I don't know if that's the case. Um, but, you, you know, uh, that's, I, think it's, I think it's a lot more common than people say. It's just people don't talk about it or, or whatnot. But I don't know. I, I remember you saying like 20% or something like that. But there's like people like, I mean, Hers is just, she just is a light sleeper and whatnot. And I'm just, that's I why said, I said I think it's more of a chick thing. You I know, said it's because, 22% uh, of boomers, but millennials are like 40-something percent, and then Generation X is in their 30s. So it seems like people are, are, they have less and less tolerance for their partners as the generations move on. Uh, you know, I don't know, I guess. I don't know, but I mean, it, it, it works for us. I mean, it doesn't impede on anything else, but I mean, it's like, it, it makes it, it didn't bother. Like it, it, gotcha. I never like woke up, but she would wake up, you know what I'm saying? And then there's people that have like that sleep apnea and stuff like that and machines going. So, you know, it is what it is and it's great. I suppose if, if you don't have to, but, um, you know, it, I don't know. Okay. That's where I'm at with it. Well, I, there, there's our first sleep divorce call of the evening. There's there's Albert. I Hey, okay. Good. Good. Let's take another call. Uh, Kelly and the Kitty Cats. Are you there, Kelly? Ke Gosh. Why is Albert the only one that is able to get this to work? Where I drag him in, and I, he just hears me. Everybody else almost like involuntarily gets bounced out of the room. So it's not a, a widespread thing. It just must be a set. Uh, I, I have no clue. Anyway, 914-200-0269. Would love to get some more people calling in on that. And anything else. 
you have this indictment. Does it really matter to you at this point? Uh, are, are you just bracing for whatever comes next? Obviously, we have nothing to say about it. I saw some, wherever the hell it was, some other state in the union is going, I think it's Michigan. Let me see here. Take a listen to this. This is over in Michigan, I think. Democrat Attorney General Dana Nessel is leveling felony charges against 16 Republicans that signed a certificate stating that Donald Trump won the Michigan 2020 presidential election. Each of the 16 people, including top Republican officials, will be charged with the following eight felonies. Two counts of election fraud for election law forgery. Two counts of forgery. That's a separate two counts of forgery. Just regular. Uttering and publishing. Conspiracy to commit forgery, conspiracy to commit election law forgery, conspiracy conspiracy to commit uttering and publishing. If all convicted on charges, these 16 Republicans whose average ages are almost 70 face up to 94 years in prison and tens of thousands of dollars in fines. So, I mean, you're not allowed to beat them to beat the establishment in their elections which is what 2020 was all about. You're just not allowed. And you're not going to be able to beat them in their courts. So where does that leave us? 618, you're on the air. Who's this? What's going on, Frank? It's Nick. Hey, Nick. Good to have you on. Yep. First time call. Long time later. Whoa. You all right? Yep. Uh, anyway, so I was calling uh, basically for the sleep divorce thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've experienced it. I've had family members experience it. Um, I don't really think it was a good thing for the relationship, but eventually ended up in real divorce. Um, oh, so you think, you think, oh, okay, well, first of all, am I on speakerphone? No, you're not. Okay. So you have, you have been through a sleep divorce situation and you think that it actually can, well, tell me about it. Uh, who, who was the, uh, who was the reason why everybody had to get out of the bed? Was your wife trying to get away from you or were you trying to get away from your wife? So actually it was, uh, my father, my father was sleeping in the living room, not sleeping in the bedroom. With oh, oh, so it's not you. It's your parents. Yes, correct. Okay. So was your father, what was he being accused of? Uh, I mean, there was really no accusations. They just tried to stay, well, I guess he cheated on my mom twice, and they tried to stay together for the kids, which obviously never Okay, worked. Nick, I'm having a really hard time understanding what you're saying. Um, <laughs> so I said they, they, he had cheated on my mom twice, and oh. they tried to stay together for the kids, but obviously that doesn't work. Oh, okay. Well, th- I mean, this is a little bit more severe. <laughs> this is a <laughs> yeah. this is a, a little bit different of situation. Okay, I guess. Yeah, but but anyway, no. The the sleep they were sleeping in a different room prior to that anyway. Um, just because she got up at different times. Well, that's a, you know I, I can understand that, and I, I what I, I would be. I, sorry. Well, I think it just that's kind of drove a wedge in, in there, and that's probably why my dad cheated. So, oh, wait, wait, wait. So, so the sleep divorce was prior to him cheating on your mom? Correct. Oh, so you think, oh, so you thought that, this, uh, all right, so now you got to. And this is coming from a 12-year-old's perspective, too, at the time. <laughs> okay. I'm well, 36 now. We'll see. Now we're going to have to see if anybody else out there can talk about whether or not this this way of running or, or at least managing sleep in the house led to anything else i mean if i i led i slept on the the couch when aurora was born because but the only way aurora was going to sleep for the first three months or the first two and a half months or yeah three months or so 
it was when she was sleeping next to Lauren, all swaddled up. So I said, you know, once she fell asleep, I said, I don't leave her right there. I'll take the couch. And I stayed on that couch from September, and I think until Christmas Eve. It's either Christmas or it was um, it was it was Thanksgiving. I don't know what the hell it was, but it was at least three months. And I don't know. It didn't. I guess if you if you know that it's for the greater good, you you can put up with a lot. Uh, but if there's other problems with the with the marriage, I think that that's going to. I, I don't I don't think anything can really help that um, or prevent it. But thank you for the call, Nick. Let's take a let's take a, a check into six two six. What's going on there? Eight two eight. You mean eight two eight? Sorry. Go ahead. Hey Frank, it's Rob Worth. Hey Rob. So we're talking about bed sleeping. Yes, yes. Now, do you have a sleep divorce situation going on? Yeah, I've, uh, Kelly and I've been married for 25 years, and um, she snores and I snore, and it was driving me crazy. Like five, ten years into it, and I'm just like, this is crazy. So we always had like king size beds in like our bedroom, and then we had a spare bedroom with a king size bed. And one night I got so fucking pissed off that I, I literally pushed the bed to the wall and then brought the other bed from the spare bedroom into our bedroom. <clears throat> and we called it super bed. <laughs> so each one of us had a king size bed. And, and it still didn't work out, though, because the snoring still happened. Exactly. So that's, what, that's what I was going to say. You know, it doesn't matter how many king size beds you have in one room, unless the reason why you can't be next to a person is physical and not an, yeah. an auditory thing, then what the hell is that going to do? You got to leave the room. Yeah. And I, I like my space on the bed, too. You know, it's like I always like to sleep diagonal. I just, I don't like my, you know what I'm saying? I just, I like to have so much room. And we also have pets, too, and that, you know, cats and dogs and those, those kind of kind of fuck things up too you got a lot of things. Me, i know you're on youtube sorry yeah you got a lot um, of things going on over there so okay so yeah uh, that that was a, now how many years have you guys been in separate rooms probably i'd, I'd say a good 15 years Wait. and i i will say i'm glad you brought this topic up because for so long i i felt like kind of like a bad husband because it's like i just i needed my sleep you know what i'm saying i i if i don't get good sleep i get angry and i get grumpy and uh for the longest time, Kelly, you know, she she didn't like the situation, but she's finally, she doesn't say anything anymore, but I think I'm going to have her watch this uh, episode because <laughs> it's good to hear that there's like 30, 40 percent. I'm 54 years old right now, and it's it's good to hear that there's a good percentage of people that actually do this because I don't, I don't feel so bad now. Well, you know, like I said before, I don't think that it, it necessarily has anything to do with whether or not you love a person. I mean, you were talking about biological necessity. This is health that we're talking about. I, th right. I think it's interesting. You say that both you and your wife snore. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so it real. I guess at that point, it's really just a matter of who can fall asleep first. Yeah. <laughs> because then, if you can go, if you can sleep deeply enough that you don't hear the other person, then the other person is screwed. It's like it's like that, that is stressful in itself because it's a race to get to sleep before the other person starts snoring. You got it. Oh, that's terrible. Yep. That's all. And I will say, my my grandparents they slept in a small. They, they we lived in Indianapolis. And they had a small house, and I do remember they had they had two twin beds, just like on you know, uh, I love Lucy. It was <laughs> looking back, I, I didn't understand it, but I, I guess I don't know. I, I guess that's what they did back then. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, again, uh, well, at least there, there you have it. There's another snore from Rob. Thank you so much for the call, Rob. It's great to hear from all you right, again. Thank, thank all you the, for the time. Yeah. yeah good night. And all the best to you. It's great to hear from you. Um, yeah. So there's more on that. Let's take one more from John. What's going on, John? Frank, I have uh, a sleep divorce uh, story for you. I knew that this was going to be a so hot was, topic. <laughs> so I was dating a woman who um, her ex-husband and her had slept sl- separately for 22 years from a year after they were married. Uh-oh. So she, she probably... <laughs> and when I say slept separately, she slept in a totally different room. On a king-size bed. And he slept down the hallway on a twin-size bed. <laughs> well, he should have upgraded himself there. That, that, that's on him. But, but, but so she, this, this marriage of 20 years ends. You guys start dating sometime after that. I have to imagine uh, it was a rough adjustment for her to be actually in a, a bed with someone else then? Oh, she loved it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, and he didn't. Even, and, and and Frank, he didn't even snore. So the, oh, he didn't snore. So the, there was no physical. There was no physical altercations. There's nothing. Nothing. So what did she do? She, what did she marry him for? She just repulsed by him immediately. You know what? She's a. She was a pediatrician. Okay, and she was really into Disney. Angry Donald Duck was his character. I swear to God, it sounds too crazy to be real, but I'm telling you, it, it was it was so bizarro world. I'm like, what do you mean his character is angry Donald Duck? And she's like, yeah, he's infatuated with Disney. So he, he's just he's a 50-year-old guy. So I, I looked in his room one time, and I see on his walls, he's got he's got Disney paraphernalia wait, on wait, wait, the walls. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you in his room? <laughs> well, I helped... I, I wasn't, you know, I knew her before the divorce, and oh. I wasn't dating her, you know. So I no. had just gone over to, to help move some stuff out, and she was like, look in his room. You know, go ahead and take a look in his room. I get you. And I looked in his room, and it looked like a little kid's room with angry Donald Duck on the wall. That's that well, okay. Well, that's that's weird. This, all this is the, 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 yeah, the, the plot keeps thickening with this story as you keep telling it, but it, it, this is odd. This is odd. 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 How about how about this one? How about dreams of homicide? How about he had dreams of homicide? Homicide, Frank. I did, and night. I, <laughs> I, I, you know, what I would what I would say is what I would say is, and thank you for the call, John. My gosh, I would say is uh, she did not do a very good job during the courting phase of their relationship because no, yeah, I would say not. Yeah, the court, courting did not go very well. Thank you so much for the call, John. What the was that? What was that? Oh, man. It just, this is why these calls are great, though. Because you can get, you get to go home at night and in some cases say, well, I, yes, I am a little strange myself, but at least uh, that's not what's going on with me. That's, uh, yeah, he's help, helping her move. Well, I, th- th- then again, the, the Donald Duck the homicide dreams that's that that's a failure of dating and the dating phase you got to learn about each other a little bit more to be able to say nope red flags all over the place 
Okay, let's take a call. Oh, actually, no, it's 802. Let's do an intermission. When we come back, more of your calls. This is an interesting one. I wonder where it's going to go for the next hour. Oh, I have plenty of places to take it, but the calls are really great. They're really rich right now. And, uh, and thankfully, we have Friday for more serial killer talk. So that was just a little bit of a taste test. But um, we have another hour to play with, and I hope you're here with me. Help me grow the show. Like it and share it, and we'll be back in a flash. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 How dare you? Boom, boom, boom. Well, all right, let's take some uh, take some time to look into our super chats to see what's coming in. Nine one four. 200-0269 is the main phone call. That's the general line. You can call in from all over the place. I see Jerry Coogan hanging out on the international line on the Gilded. I can try that. It worked with him before. But let's see. Let's see. Over on quitefranklysuperchat.com some dude says, hey, Frank, I finally did what you said last night when you were on with Jay. I took my pants off. It was great. Really changes things. Okay. Well, you know, taking taking my pants off always changes things, too. The entire dynamic of the moment changes. So I'm glad. I hope you did it in an appropriate environment. That's always, that's always something. Uh, Rumble, you are more than welcome to send over some Rumble rants. I'll check those in a second. First, over on... Foxhole, and we'll go back to the calls. 914-200-0269. Wichipoo22, thank you. Sean Joe, thank you. Robert Sarns, thank you. Boys Blanc, 
Thank you, Secret Weapon, who says, thanks, Frank. Thank you. Twisted Sticks says, we sleep on separate twin XLs, but they're pushed together. Does that count? That's not sleep divorced. We sleep on separate twin XLs, which is just a little bit less than a full. But they are pushed together. So you have like a kind of like a queen size bed. What's the point? I'm, hey, if it works for you, that's fine. But I'm just trying to figure out why. Squickly says happy. The reason why I say that is because you can just get a, a queen size bed and you won't have that seam in the middle of it. That, that seam that you will always feel, that fault line you'll always feel from what you know is two mattresses pushed together where they have joined together. Why not just get one continuous mattress? Swickly says happy birthday. Shout out for my sister Ashley, please. Yesterday, the 17th, thank you so much. Well, happy birthday, Ashley. I have another one that's a little bit late because it was on Friday and I had not seen it in my Proton Mail. But Pat, Pat out there wanted to wish her husband Scott a happy July 10th birthday. Happy July 10th birthday. That was last the end of last week. And Scott, I'm so sorry I, I didn't get it on that night. But hopefully you got it on that night. And, um, and all's well. All's well that ends well. All right. Over on Gilded, let's see what uh, Jerry has to say. What's going on, Jerry, in Scotland? I'm so sorry. Scary! Darn! All right. So I'll go to Jerry in a little bit. And, um, and here's the other thing I wanted to do for you. Again, another little something on the website, on quitefrankly.tv, on the forum, there is one thread that has been pinned to the top for this Thursday's show on exorcism and demonic possession. Here it is, a show thread. Have you ever experienced a haunting or a possession or any just questions that you'd like to throw out there for Reverend Bill Bean, who has been uh, working in this Line of work for a while. I mean, he's been he's done all the radio circuits on coast to coast. So I figured, hey, if we can get him in studio, let's have a let's have a, a spooky night with him on Thursday. So this is a, stuck to the top of the thread uh, of the 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 show threads on the forum. It is a free forum. All you need is an email address, and you're on there contributing, making threads, whatever the heck it is. And I think it's going to be a really good um, a really good evening. So please contribute to that because I'd love to just have that go on forever. Let's try another call. Let's see here. Delona, are you here there? Are you there, Delona? Delona? No. Bounced out like everybody else. Hey, Jerry, you hear me now? I can, yes. Great. I do, right? Okay. So on the international line, go right ahead. What do you got for us? And then you dropped out again. What do you got? I was just going to say, as a general thing, uh, sleeping together, when you really think about it, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. If you're warm enough in a single bed, um, you'll get a good night's sleep if you're not disturbed. And it's, <laughs> it would actually be more appropriate to sort of ask the question, 
why would you expect to sleep with somebody for the whole of your life when you've got different habits, different routines? You know, people, if they hook up, they've already had 20 odd years of of sleeping alone and then they have to adjust to every little thing. Even the side of the bed that you want to sleep on can be a point of great dispute. And I think possibly more from the woman's point of view, it can be a bit of a drag. <laughs> You know, from a fella's point of view, you want to feel that yes, I've captured, I've captured a mate. But sometimes I think women just want to just be, you know, give me some peace, give me some peace. Well, what's, 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 what, what, what? But again, it comes back to what is not peaceful about just going to sleep. If you have two people, uh, I, I mean, if any person, whether it be the the husband or the wife, is. A snow, they have like apnea, this, the uh, deviated septum. They have, uh, you know, they they jump. They have restless legs. They're 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 fl flip flopping all over the place. They have insomnia. If there's something physically disruptive going on there, then yeah, it doesn't matter if it's the the man or the woman. But why why is it that a that a man or a woman? I I, I don't get it. Uh, it. It could be a very peaceful night of sleep if everybody are good peaceful sleepers. It, it wouldn't matter who it is. I think at first it's brilliant. You think, ooh, this is what I've been waiting for all my life, and it's just it's lovely and intimate. But there comes a point I think where people have just had such a heavy day, and the last thing that they want is any disturbance. They're ready for a right good sleep. And, you know, one wants the room at this temperature, another prefers it at that temperature. One wants the window open, another wants the window shut. Um, all sorts of things. One wants to read before going to sleep, another one wants the lights off. It's it's just a whole lot of things. And all I'm thinking here is it's quite surprising that people ever do uh, get into the habit of sleeping together all of their lives, you know. You know, I think that what what um, what I think uh, Rob had called in before and said that he doesn't feel so guilty about it now that that this article came out and that we're talking about it on this show. It's probably just what you said before that there, you know, people have always been doing this and it has no real it doesn't in my mind, it doesn't really have any doesn't it's not an indictment of of the the relationship it's just a you know if if a night I, there's been nights that i have just left the bed not because of lauren there's some nights that i just know i'm not i can't go to sleep for some reason and i just want to change the scenery it has nothing to do with lauren um other nights where it's just too hot in the room and this the way that we have all the the, the fans set up to draw some of the the AC air into some of the corners, the hotter corners of the of the house is not really working, and it's just that 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 peak hot moments of the the summer. I'll just go and I'll I'll lay on the living room floor or on the couch, and you know you just call an audible, you just change the game plan uh, spontaneously. So I understand that. As far as the chronic, like we're, we're just going to have fixed separate areas it, it i don't think it's too controversial if i it's i don't think it's i don't think it's an indicator of how good or bad a marriage is either so um but i just wonder why people are doing it because it's not just so obviously you think about snoring but i want to know what has do you have a spouse that is a 
uh, a sleep something, sleep walker, sleep slapper, sleep what? I want to know about all the craziest things that are going on that, uh, that in dream world just make it make that arrangement incompatible. So that's what I want to know about. So um, thank you for the call. Oh, what? oh, I guess Jerry took himself out. Let me go and jump in with Delona. Delona, do you hear me? Hello? Hey, you hear me? Yes, this is Delona. Go ahead, Delona. Let, let me hear your sleep uh, divorce scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband and I didn't sleep together for... I, I rethought about it. It's like 10 years. We've been married for 27. And it was because we had a sleep number bed that was broken. And he would not get a new bed because... What? Where did she go? It was working, and then she disappeared. Damn it. That sounded like it was going to be really funny. I, 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 I'm, I'm without words. I'm without words. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Let's take a call from Melissa. What's going on, Melissa? You're on the show. Hi, Frank. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to hear from you. You too. I, two things. I wanted to tell you a story about this sleep stuff, but also, can you wish my son, um, he's 35 today, a happy birthday. He loves your show. Oh, what's his name? Charlie. Charlie. Happy birthday. 35. <laughs> 35. Thank that you was, that very was, much. That was a big year for me. I loved 35. That was a wonderful <laughs> year. I hope he has the same. Yeah. Hey, big one for me too, right? Yeah. So we've been married 40 years. And my husband got diagnosed with uh, REM disorder. And basically, he has kicked me. He has choked me. <laughs> Good thing I grew up with three brothers because I just beat him off. Gee, but he, <laughs> wait, wait a second. But he, he has uh, sleep apnea, but the oxygen doesn't work. So basically, he sleeps on his side. And I stayed there because I had to keep flipping him like a pancake. So I... Um, <laughs> Wait now a second. Now he can sleep real well. Wait a so. second. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you tell me about this. Um, <laughs> you, you, ha you, you said that you this REM disorder. How does that correlate? It's a to REM disorder. It's, uh, it's something to do with lack of oxygen or other things that. But how does that, into it? How do you leave? Yeah. Okay, let's say that you have some kind of a. I don't know, a depleted a state of oxygen when you're sleeping, you're not getting you know, full REM cycle, you're not, you're not, you have an abnormal sleep cycle. How does that correlate to strangulation? <laughs> um, it, it is the nicest people in the world who usually end up doing that, and it took me by surprise, too. Um, it, he has to watch what he watches on TV oh and gosh. movies and... Things like that, because these are dreams that they carry over into the night. Okay, so you you woke up in the you woke up one one night and he has both hands around your throat, or he has you in a headlock. Yes, isn't that crazy? So what did you do? Did you did you punch him under the under the jaw or? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pretty much. I mean, but he he didn't get injured, but I mean, he has it so violently he has flown out of bed. Um, the That's... beginning of COVID, he hit his eyebrow and it 
he needed stitches and I said, you know what, we can't go to the hospital with all this going on, right? The very first few weeks. Yeah. So I said, hang on and stitch up and there I went. Is that the first time so, you ever had, did you know how to stitch somebody prior to? Did you have that, or did you just you No, just I'm it? just a really good seamstress. Wow. <laughs> how, now, how did you, uh, how did you numb him up for that? Just, you know, ice cubes or something? What'd you do? Yeah, uh-huh, yep, and grit your teeth and hang on tight. It was just a few stitches, but still, you know, he has it that bad. So he sleeps with pads on the side of the bed, and, uh. It works, you know. He can't hear real well, and it, I don't want to be without somebody who can. You know, we're getting older. If you don't hear me, I'm dead. If something happens, so how? You know, so uh, uh, man, I mean, are you this REM? When you say REM disorder, I'm thinking about mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking about disrupted sleep cycles. Uh, but what you are describing is just so over the top physically and even instead of becoming like paralyzed which most of us do almost pretty much right they get real active and it starts with the legs kicking and the arms flailing voice weird voice things but since i i said to the doctor i'm gonna flip just permanently tell him he has to stay on his side and we put things you can put tennis balls in their uh, t-shirt on their back you know sell them in and uh, so they don't roll on their back, and he can breathe because his is something to do with that area. It's doing something, the tongue or something. Have you gotten a bigger bed at least so that you're out of reach? Mm-hmm. We're in a queen. Okay, <laughs> not too big. Yeah, yeah. That's not no, too big. No, we're you know through thick and thin. Here we go. Well, you know, you know what, uh, <laughs> Melissa, I, the way that you're just kind of chuckling your way through this, I think you have you, a lot of people are uh, are drawn to you right now. You're very endearing. And if, thank you and very if, much. And if I had an issue like your husband, I would be so happy that you were my uh, my bedmate and my partner because at <laughs> least I knew, that, hopefully, that you would survive the night and that you would even be there to stitch me up if I go and and uh, and hurt myself. It's just. Uh, <laughs> I I do my best. We both had really good examples okay. from our parents, like you did, you know, and um, that's just the way things were done, and that's how we do things. And unless it's horrible, you stay with each other, and uh, yeah. And you stayed in the same room, so you know if it gets who knows, you get where you can you can tie him down like Lon Chaney on a full moon. <laughs> You can tie him down like it's like he's the wolf man, and you can go sleep in the other room. That's fine. If it gets to that, then whatever. But uh, in the meantime. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and you'll love I, – I I love your show. I am – uh, my dad's family re, uh, fought in the American Revolution. Um, I continue to make phone calls every day, up to an hour a day. And I, I just can't take what's going on. I'm about ready to lose it. So. Well, you yeah. sound you sound like you're able to take things in stride uh, better than most people. And stay chuckling, Melissa. I and I and I hope I hear from you again. Thank you. I'm in Wyoming, by the way. We deserted California and left and came here. Oh, that's nice. So, that's nice. Yeah, it's very peaceful. So, Frank, have a nice evening. Yeah, thank you for saying happy birthday. Oh, yes, and happy birthday. Happy birthday again there, and have a good one. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.
I know you all heard it too. But uh, that was nice. That was not. But that see, that's what I'm talking about. You hear about this, you're like, okay, well, definitely somebody's a snorer. No, 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 no. No, no. There are there are some real war stories out there to be collected, and Melissa represents one of the the types that I was looking for. Let me do uh, one more. Let's see here, uh, Kelly. Hey, Frank. Kelly, how are you? It's so great to hear from you. I am doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you on speakerphone right now? You got a little muffled. I have a crappy, free Chinese junk government cell phone. Oh, man. you're not on speaker. Okay. Well, you sound very woofly right now, but you said it's a crappy Chinese government uh, phone? Yeah. Okay. Well, Obama phone, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, it's great to hear from you. Um, well, how's everything going with you, and uh, what do you got for tonight's topic? I am in the process of moving from the heat to a by the end of the month, I'll be up in a meet with me and the kitties, okay. and I wanted to tell you that I am a sleep talker. A sleep I talker. I talk in my sleep. Yep. And so, Robbie used to try to ask me questions and get an answer, and uh, it never worked. I would mumble stuff that he said. I never did really say any real words. So you would but never, you, you, this is something, this is something that your husband would, would try to see just how, oh, yeah. just, just how, you know, what you were speaking, if there's any sense, almost like with, uh, with any of these other people that would go into a trance or, or something like that. See if you can like give him the lotto numbers that are going to come out next, right? <laughs> right. Or you try to like see if I was cheating on him, you know, or. Who are you sleeping with besides me or any kind of crazy silly stuff. But um it was it was nothing discernible where he could tell it was definite words. And he just messed with me. Okay. Well that's not bad. And and that's obviously something that never drove you guys to other other rooms, right? No, not okay. at all. In fact he called me his heating pad because I I evidently have a warm body. <laughs> oh yes. And he would snuggle. Being a diabetic, he was cold all the time. There you go. So, Had a little those diabetics, a little, little bit of circulation issues. But if they got a they got a uh, a little uh, furnace in the bed with them, then uh, then then there you go. You, you guys uh, right. c- completed it all. That's it. The circuit has been completed. Well, this was nice. Yeah, we had a Cal- we had a California king size bed, and we would only sleep on like one little section of it. You know, Kelly, this is how we would have. If I had a California king. Lauren would be on her side of the bed, as usual. She'd probably, I mean, obviously she's, she's going to be comfortable and do her thing. And even though I have all of that room now to myself, I would still be on the edge. I think that I'm just going to be on, on the edge forever now. <laughs> yeah, the That's... cheese would fill the bed with us and sleep in the room with us on the bed. So. Well, it's great yeah, to... Yeah, plenty of room it's great to hear from you, and I and I and I'll uh, I'll talk to you again soon. I promise. All right, y'all keep kicking ass over there. We love y'all. All right, Kelly, have a good one. There is Kelly from uh, Louisiana. Okay, let's go into this last story over here, and it's rich, man. It really is, and I want to give you a little bit of deep lore on this too. Uh, Daily Mail. This came out today. Cops now suddenly searching a Las Vegas home as a part of an investigation into rapper Tupac Shakur's 1996 murder. 
Las Vegas police searched a home in Henderson near Interstate 11 and Wagon Wheel Drive on Monday as a part of an investigation into Tupac Shakur's murder. Shakur was shot and killed just one block from Las Vegas Strip in September of 96. The case remains unsolved. The Las Vegas Metropolitan Police have declined to comment any further. LVMPD can confirm a search warrant was served in Henderson, Nevada. On July 17, 2023, as part of an ongoing Tupac Shakur homicide investigation, we have no further comment at this time, the force said in a statement. So we're going to know more about this now. And I'll just say to you, if it has nothing to do with Will Smith, I don't believe it. You say, what are you talking about, Will Smith? Well, earlier this year, actually on my birthday, on April 2nd, 2023, somebody went on to 4chan and, uh, and just revisited the Will Smith, Tupac Shakur timeline. All right, take a listen to this. I'm just going to throw it out there just, just, for your, uh, just for your consideration on a Tuesday night chill session. In the following, I outline how and why Will Smith murdered both Tupac and Biggie Smalls. Number one. Will Smith was a hardcore thug from Philadelphia, was tired of being disrespected by his peers due to his family-friendly persona. Here's a headline from April 2nd of 2023. Jada won't let Tupac die. Chris Rock's brother, Tony, says Will Smith slapped him as he's fed up of being called soft. This goes on. Uh, in particular, as Tupac was a primary romantic rival for the heart of Jada Pinkett, Smith was enraged when Jada breached Tupac on his behalf to not beat Will Smith up, okay? It was an outrageous request, an outrageous request, they say, that solidified Smith's viewpoint that personas, personas were more important than anything else here. The woman who knew them both or best, thought that the street-savvy gangster Will Smith needed protection from the Juilliard-trained ballet dancer Tupac. But that wasn't the worst of it. Will was enraged that he wasn't even perceived as a threat on Hit Him Up. Okay, and even named, and never even named in the song. So now this was the, this was the song that was really, you know, we're, this, we're talking about mid-90s, all of the, the diss tracks, the tracks they're calling people out, and, uh, and we were seeing this this bi-coastal war that's playing out uh, in the form of music. And um, and Will is just pissed off that he's not even seen as a threat, that he wasn't going to be called out in any of these tracks. <laughs> this, uh, listen, this is just these are the theories that are out there. They continue. Romance wasn't the only rivalry Will Smith possessed with Tupac. Tupac was also developing a career as an A-list black actor. There wasn't much room in 1990s Hollywood for black headliners. Will realized that if Tupac were to hit it big as an actor, he'd lose not only Jada, but also his career. This became urgent when Will learned that Tupac was a frontrunner for the lead role in Independence Day. I didn't know that. So it goes on. So how does Biggie fit into this? Well, Biggie was the prime suspect in Tupac's death but he had nothing to do with it. Bad Boy told him to play it up because it was good for selling records, but Biggie was scared. He was putting out feelers, hoping to solve the crime himself, and he got too close to the truth. Will paid him a personal visit that day he died in order to get him in a known location so his assassins could tail him. 
Now here's more. The last one. All this, all this and Will's reputation still suffered. What was Will to do? He had the acting fame, he had the girl, but his peers continued to mock him. He decided to get jiggy with it and announce his deeds to the public. At the 1999 VMAs, Will paraded Ashanti Shakur and Violet Wallace at the, uh, at the award podium, uh, podium. This was Will Smith's award. Respect for murdering the two most influential rappers by publicly admitting the fact in his cryptic association with their mothers. It's internet lore. Uh, you know, I'm sure you can pick it all apart, but uh, as soon as I saw this, I said, oh, I, I got to bring up the Will Smith thread. I got to bring it up. So, you, um, you can talk about that amongst yourself. It's 8.30. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll come back more of your calls because I'm really loving these calls tonight. Don't go anywhere. Right about the uh, Jack on the cell phone. Jack, what's going on today? Hey, Mike, I want to slap your butt cheeks. Okay, I heard that from Jack on Saturday. Quite frankly, listen live or download it and take it with you wherever you go while you're driving, walking, working, or <laughs> dirty dog. For all things, go to quitefrankly.tv. If you like what you see, become a sponsor. Quite Frankly streams live weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern wherever you get your podcast. So, for everything, it's quitefrankly.tv. Sorry, I can't be more optimistic, Doctor, but we have a long road ahead of us. It's like having sex. It's a painstaking, arduous task that seems to go on and on forever, and just when you think things are going your way, nothing happens. Okay. Let's take another call. Let's take another call. What is going on, uh, Belcher Maria? It's great to have you on. Oh, hi. Hey, what's going on? Hi. Oh, I was uh, calling about the sleep. Okay, I, I want to hear about it, Maria. Go right ahead. Okay, yes. Uh, well, I have a really bad uh, restless leg syndrome. Um, I... Uh, 
my fiance would, um, he took it for so many years and until one night I kicked like this really large, large bruise in his thigh because I would do like Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks somehow in my sleep. It was, uh, he said, next time you do that, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do something bad. Oh, it went open. So wait a second. Oh, oh, oh. I, I thought. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. Uh, my my thing went off. It was yeah. So yeah, and uh, uh, and also I wake myself up. I com- I wake myself up screaming. I'm always dreaming about saving the children, and and I I, uh, I broke I broke my nose. You broke your um, own nose. I broke my own nose. Doing what? I hit, I hit the ed- edge of the bed. Um, yeah, because I. I and, and I also I also fractured my foot kicking the wall. Uh, I'm always trying to save children in my dreams. Well, I mean, I I can understand why that would be very um, a very intense dream sequence. I I have a lot of weird dreams myself and uncomfortable ones at times. But I, I'm trying. Th- so when you when you break your your foot or break your nose i mean are you falling out of the bed or are you just do you have something of a low ceiling that you yes yeah i'm i'm uh, usually flailing and uh the one time i hit the wall that's how i hurt my foot i kicked it so hard usually it's always kicking my uh i'm always kicking usually but the other time my with my nose it it was i hit i wasn't sleeping somewhere i was sleeping at my brother's house and um, I, you know, it's not somewhere I was familiar with. I was taking care of, taking care of, uh, you know, his. He was getting a new kidney, so I had to clean the house completely. So I was staying there. So are, is, are you still? Are you? In- and so I, I just, I hit the wall. I hit the edge of the wall and the and the wood, and I fractured my nose. Are you still engaged? Are Are you married? Are you still engaged? What's What's the? Uh, what's- no, no, no. I'm single now. I'm single. Yeah. That was that. Yeah, he that, was that, a that, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say that wasn't the reason why, was it? No, no, no. He was, no. Every time I went on vacation, like, you know, like I did to go take care of my brother's house in yeah. Utah, I was gone for so long, the, uh, the, the police would call me and tell me that he was cheating on me. The police? Friends of ours. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that didn't work out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, at least you had the police, in, you had the police on your side that they were actually monitoring the household like that because uh, most would not give a damn. Yeah, well, they were friends. They would he, my fiance and him went to school together. So, um, I, but and we became friends. And he said, "Yeah, I, I just went over there, and uh, there's some girl over there in your room." Oh my God! Well, like, well, th- thank, what? thank, thankfully, that's all behind you, and, and hopefully, you are able to, <laughs> you're able to calm yourself down overnight, so that, um, so that when the real thing comes around. You will no longer be assaulting somebody in the same bed as you, or you have to get one of those. <laughs> I know, I know. Huh? Yeah, you have to get one of those California kings there, Maria. Thank you for the call. It's great to hear from you. Oh, thank you, and Frank, I love your show. I watch it every day. I've been watching it for years and years. My first time ever calling, and I just love your show. Keep it up. Oh, thank. Well, thank you. Do it again more. I, 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 I love getting these calls, and these are the topics that really make a, a week go by for me. You know, we have so many good things to do. We have so many great guests coming in, and whenever I find a nightlight tonight, I just really savor it. I come to the studio the least stressed out on nights like tonight, where I know that I can just stretch out with the audience, 
do some things and uh, and and see where it all goes. Trump target in January 6th probe indictment watch Republicans debate impeaching attorney general. It, yeah, they'll, they'll be debating. They'll keep debating until they're they're no longer a majority anymore. And then they'll, they'll, they'll debate even more with even more fervor. So that's um, that's that. And on top of that is the complete over-the-top reporting on the heat waves you can tell what you can tell what angles they're working that there's always a disaster oh my gosh the 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 heat the heat in the summer is just incredible the heat in the summer is just incredible it took until like late june for the summer to even show up but uh but yeah the heat is just terrible terrible we all have to we all have to give money to somebody of course all right 914-200-0269 and I have a nice uh, nice little uh, finisher over here, like I said before. I want to do a little bit of a nod to Doc Ellis, since we just read that that headline before about Wiz Khalifa throwing out a first pitch at a Pittsburgh Pirates game high on shrooms. Well, that's nothing compared to throwing a no-hitter on the big league level on acid. So we have to do that in a little bit. But... Um, but yeah, and I also have another one. You want to talk about lore? I'm going to just throw this out there. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? There is a paradox between two television shows, one Lauren likes and one we both like. It's the Gilmore Girls and the Sopranos. I'm just going to throw this out there because we only have a couple minutes left and the and you know, as the calls come in, we'll take them. But right now, everybody's just just chilling out a bit. In season six, in season six, episode four of an episode in The Sopranos, an episode of Gilmore Girls is playing on the TV. Did you know that? I hadn't even noticed that. But in season seven, episode 17 of Gilmore Girls, Richard is wearing a tracksuit and Lorelai makes a joke about asking, uh, makes a joke about the tracksuit by asking if he's having lunch with Tony Soprano. So obviously this means that both The Sopranos and The Gilmore Girls exist in the television shows and other respective universes. But more alarmingly, this means that each universe has now become televised universe of itself within their own universes. You think about that. Now, I would say that the real paradox begins on The Gilmore Girls side of things. No. It would start on the... It would, the paradox would be for the Gilmore Girls being in in the Sopranos because Tony Soprano is a public figure. He makes the news all the time. It would not be a surprise for inside of that show's universe for somebody up in New England to know about the activity of local mob syndicates. So that's the real paradox there. That's the real existential crisis or, or you know, what, where, where am I? What's happening right now? It would be on the Gilmore Girls end of things, finding themselves in an episode of The Sopranos. But then again, they're... Nah, this is all bullshit. Whatever. Who the hell cares, right? I, it's just... Good for both of them. They're all on television. They've been well paid. That's all, that's all that matters there. All right. Now, um, for the last thing here tonight, I want to throw this up on screen for you and have a good time with this. Like I said... Doc Ellis, the story of Doc Ellis is a really uh, an, an interesting one. This is about four minutes and change, and I hope you enjoy it. Well, one more call before we go, then I'll check the Super Chats. Hey, Robert, you're on. What's going on? 
prices are. Or, All right. You know. Hey. Where, where am I? Yes. Go ahead. So you uh, talk about the divorce of the... Sleep veteran, divorce. Right? Sleep divorce. Yes. Get a little bit closer to your receiver, please. Ah, sorry about that. There you go. Didn't even expect to get on. It was like one of those things. I've been watching you for years. Let me get off speakerphone. That'll probably help, too. I didn't even think to get. I was going to get on. Brian. Well, you know what, Robert? You were the only one online, so I'm glad you called in because I, I, I'm, I was actually going to wrap up a little bit early, but uh, here you are. Well, you know, when we're young, you know you're doing it all. You're hanging out. You're having the best time of your fucking life. Oh, sorry about that. But then you have a kid. And you know what the wife does? She loves that kid. And as a good dad, you love that kid. And they put that kid in your room because that's what you do. And then they put it in the bed. And then you say, well, I'm moving around. I'm a big guy. Mm. So you go start sleeping on the couch. And you let those two do their thing. You watch them. And it's a good thing. I'm just saying that the sleep divorce is a weird thing. You get there by a weird way. In our family, we just did it by putting the kids first. The, the mom always wanted to put the kids in the room. I do demolition for a living. I kick. Like one of your other people said maybe in chat that restless leg syndrome. Mm -hmm. I don't ever want to hit my wife. I don't ever want to kick her. There's a baby there. Mm. You know. Oh, so, so so Robert, you're saying that you removed yourself from the situation because you didn't want to disturb both your wife and the baby. Yeah. Okay. That's how it happened, and you know, you threw me off with this too. You you came right in with Robert. I like to go by Shane, and I had no idea that I would get through here because Shane's my middle name. You know, Robert. That's a jackass name for my grandpa. That's another story from another thing. I'm out here on the West Coast in Seattle, and I watch you. And it's so funny that you're on the other side of the coast, and we can have some so much similar views, you know? This show has been a great show to watch, Frank. And, I, and I, this is a great topic because couples can stay together. You can sleep in other rooms. You can grow great families. You can – the bonds don't break – just because you ain't sleeping together every night. That's oh, uh, a yeah. thing to say to people. And me and my wife had some huge fights about it. But we're now 33 years into this relationship. I got three daughters that are uh, 22, 15, and 16. And this family's going strong. We have a team like you wouldn't believe out here in the heart of Seattle that is fighting this what you know we got going on up here and uh stay strong on that coast well don't worry about what room people are sleeping in I'm glad I'm glad to hear it I'm glad to hear it Robert or Shane and I uh I got to say yeah I I think that when when I knew that it would be a rich topic that would get a lot of response from the audience. And thank you, and thank you for watching, and keep in touch. Call in any time, and if you don't get through, email me. And all the best to you and your girls. Um, I knew it would be a rich topic of conversation because we would get callers like Melissa and a few other people that you're just like, whoa, all the things that, you know, the, the, the how the bedroom can actually be a war zone where 
nighttime comes around, you just don't know what you're going to get, and that in itself is a stress. I understand why people just like, okay. Well, because you think about it, it's a, it's a time where people are un- unconscious. There's, there's always that. I would say that it would be a little bit more of a troublesome thing if everybody is in separate rooms watching their own movies and having their own down, you know, just that's it. I mean, if you're reading, even if I'm reading a book, I'm reading a book in in the living room and Lauren is watching something or doing something else. I mean, we're all in the same room. It's just really the, the presence thing while you're awake. Obviously. There's, there's always, it's always important to have some downtime and some alone time to, uh, to focus yourself, to work out. Being alone is pretty important for, for a bit. But when you're in, when you're in a family unit, I mean, you got to do, you got to do things with your family. And I really don't see how it's a problem if there's a real thing that is hindering good, healthy sleep cycles for people to just find um, optimal places to be unconscious. You know. What are you missing out on? You're only missing out on something if you're together at that point because one person's keeping the other person up or strangling them. It's just you don't want to you don't want to do this. Uh, Fred Awakening says, I'm not sure how all this Tupac stuff will shake out, but there's one thing I'm confident of. Trump will be indicted for it. Yeah. Isn't that sick? Isn't that sick that you can actually say that and it's only half joking? Like, they're going to pin this on Trump somehow. The Tupac thing. They're going to pin it on him, no doubt about it. Uh, thank you to Bacon Slut. Thank you to Delona. Says, I hung, uh, it hung up on me. I finally got him to get a new bed four years ago, and we are back together. Damn. Delona, you were doing great. I was really upset when the call. I didn't think it was you hanging up because you were engaging with me. You were doing great on that call. I just wanted to know what, where it was going. My parents sleep in twin beds because my da- uh, my stepdad snores and coughs. Snores and coughs, shaking the bed too much. My grandparents slept in separate beds and rooms. Depending on the weather, they had no AC or furnace, just gas. A gas stove in the living room in the house. They had seasonal sleeping arrangements. Makes sense. It makes sense, I understand. I really do. So, um, again, maybe it's just the terminology, which is another thing that we're dealing with a lot these days. Terminology, sleep, divorce. Who came up with that? I don't know. Stowe Soup says, Frank, Franklies, and Franciscans, evening to all and a great night. I'm glad that you liked it, Stowe Soup. And uh, with that, I'd like to end a little bit, end a little bit early and do so with a really uh, a fun story about Doc Ellis and the LSD no-no, the no-hitter. This was uploaded 13 years ago. This is uh, done by James Blagden, if you're not watching it. So enjoy. We will see you tomorrow for a wonderful episode with Alaric the Barbarian. We're going to be talking about the Dark Ages and perhaps a little bit of the Age of Exploration because they really do go hand in glove. But... Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to it and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. We flew into San Diego and I asked the manager, could I go home? Because we had an off day. So he said, yeah. 
So I took some LSD at the airport because I knew where it would hit me. I'd be in my own in my little area and I'd know where to go. So that's how I got to uh, my friend's girlfriend's house. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm high as a Georgia Pine. <laughs> the next day, which I thought was the next day, she told me, you better get up. You got to go pitch. I said, pitch? I pitch tomorrow. Hell, what are you talking about? Because I had got up in the middle of the morning and took some more acid. She grabbed the paper, brought me the sports page, and showed me, boom. I said, oh, wow. What happened to yesterday? <laughs> she said, I don't know, but you better get, you better get to that airport. Now, this was in the 70s, and Greens was Dexamil. That was uh, the drug of choice back then, was a stimulant. Over 90% of major leagues was using Dexamil when I was playing. And when I got to the game, there was a lady down there in San Diego who used to always have the Bennies for me, Benzedrine, which is another stimulant. I went out to the, on the dugout and reached up, because she was standing over the rail. She always stood over the rail and had a pretty little gold pouch. So I got the bennies, went on back in the clubhouse, took them. The game started and the mist started, misty rain. So all during the game was a little mist. The opposing team and my teammates, they knew I was high, but they didn't know what I was high on. Cause they, they had no idea what LSD was other than what they see on TV with the hippies. I didn't see the hitters. All I could tell was if they was on the right side or the left side. The catcher put tape on his fingers so I could see the signals. We had a rookie on the team at that particular time named Dave Cash, and he kept saying after the first inning, he said, you got a no-no going, a no-hitter. I said, yeah, right. And I looked. <laughs> then around the fourth inning, he'd say it again, got a no-no going. <laughs> I looked. Yep. But I could also feel the pressure from other players wanting to tell him to shut up. It's a superstition thing where you're not supposed to say nothing if somebody's throwing a no-hitter. There were times when the ball was hit back at me. I jumped because I thought it was coming fast, but the ball was coming slow. Third base would come by and grab the ball and threw somebody out. I never caught a ball from the catcher with two hands because I thought that was a big old ball. And then sometimes it looks small. One time I covered first base, and I caught the ball, and I tagged the base all in one motion. I said, oh, I just made a touchdown. <laughs> I didn't pay no attention to the, to, the, to the score. You know, I'm trying to get the batters out. And I'm throwing a crazy game. I'm hitting people, walking people, throwing balls in the dirt. They're going everywhere. Now we go for the Fiesta day resistance. We've moved to the bottom of the ninth on a no-hitter, leading 2 nothing. It was easier to pitch with the LSD because I was so used to medicating myself. That's the way I was dealing with the fear of failure. The fear of losing, the fear of winning. It's just that it was part of the game, you know. You get to the major leagues and you say, I, I got to stay here. What do I need? Everybody in our bullpen is standing and walking around nervously. They want to run and grab Doc. Now, two balls, two strikes, and here's the pitch. Strike three. Marvin Doc Ellis on a no-hitter. No 
catch you on the flip side. Frankly is filmed before a live studio audience and now our super chatters Stostube and some dude and thank you so much to Fred Awakening and all my wonderful gold pillars on Foxhole we will see you tomorrow for what is going to be another great evening together thank you to all the callers thank you to everybody involved and I will uh, I'll see you soon good night